This is the Jay Che Show, brought to you by Karate Beyond. Discipline, focus, confidence. KarateBeyond.com. Let's begin. This is a running joke on my show, and all the listeners know this about me, where I'll turn on the mics and I'll forget what number episode that we're on. So this must be number... 100. <laughs> I, think we're, I think we're on 68. Okay. I, you know, it's kind of sounding fuzzy for some reason. Right? There's maybe a little bit of, yeah, I hear it, a little break at the top there. A little, that, that's better. Yeah. I don't hear it now. Okay, Let's good. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. What are you thinking about doing, by the way, for your students on the corona issue? <sighs> Wash your hands. Stop putting your hands to your face and your mouth and your nose. We're cleaning all the time. All the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we we constantly clean every single day, and you know, wipe down all the surfaces. But you know, I don't know whether or not this is more of a scare mm-hmm. due to social media mm-hmm. than. It is as big as it is, as seems to be because we're talking about countries that are closing themselves up. Italy, right? Right. And we're not going to fly to Europe. Right. So I, I don't know. I don't know what, what, what to think. Uh, let, me, let me get it official here. Okay. Uh, JJ Show episode 68, 68, 69. Right. But I am here with the one and only Mayor Bill Mutz. Welcome, sir. Great to be here, and I'm looking forward to it. Okay. So uh, we just uh, talked about, uh, we started talking about the coronavirus. Social media uh, tends to blow things out of proportion. And because of the way news is handled and sensationalized even more so for, for clicks, on 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 their uh, on their articles that uh you know the headlines read something catastrophic and now uh they're saying it's a pandemic what are your thoughts on the coronavirus and its implications to the city of lakeland well i think we're looking at it um and certainly this is the picture that is easiest for me to parallel i agree with your conclusion by the way uh that it can be overhyped um we look at it as it's like a hurricane. You have to have, you, you can hear one coming, that one may hit you. You do all the planning necessary to prepare for it. You make sure that you're preemptively uh, doing what's prudent. But until it gets here, you don't know what path it's really going to follow. And if you do too much too soon, it's unnecessary to life interruption. On the other hand, if you don't do enough uh, quickly enough, people can get hurt and there can be lots of damage. So w- the bad setup in all of this is that if you don't take some strong early action in this, that you're not being responsible. Got it. When um, probably some of those, so we could do things like let's stop all public assemblies, let's close schools. Right. When do you open them? You know, when do you, when do you restart? What what measure is safe, and why do we do that before it is in our area? Now, certainly, it's in Florida. Certainly, we're going to see other cases of it, but I think to the our our approach has been until we see something more local, 
and an impending threat of that storm coming here, yes, we try to stay life as normal as possible. Right, right. I agree to that. Uh, in the headlines, you now hear of universities, uh, major uh, events such as uh, basketball games, all being canceled to the public mm-hmm. over this virus. You hear Tom Hanks and Rita, uh, the celebrities, you know, they're both saying that they've got the coronavirus. Last night, I clicked on something on social media uh, and it gave a, a video account of someone talking through their experience with the coronavirus. And I thought that it was something gonna be really bad. Like, hey, you know, my hair's falling off my head. Uh, you know, my, 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 my toenails are popping off, uh, that sort of thing. But no, he was like, well, you know, I, I felt fine. And then I woke up and I had a 103 degree fever, but I had experienced no body aches, no chills. It was just the fever. And I got admitted to the hospital and they just gave me fluids. And that was it. Correct. And that's, <laughs> that's the case for most people. Right. For, for most people. Now. I'm, I'm assuming that for someone that's immunocompromised, that it is of ill health, that of the coronavirus and any any flu, mm-hmm. would any, be, severe flu right. any severe flu would be a terrible, terrible thing, mm-hmm. and you should be watched over. But for a healthy person, for for a healthy individual, it, you know, you, you you run a fever and that's about it. And, and make sure you stay hydrated. And so it's not. Unlike a lot of flus, you probably have already had, right? And so when and I've had, I you know I, I I get seldomly sick, and when I do really get sick, I mean I feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <clears throat> I I'm worried about overreacting. I mean, if you roll this out and assume that it uh, grows to stronger proportions and into more communities, you cannot have graduation at the end of this year. I mean, literally, you could be having, you would be by May, June, not doing any assemblies anywhere. I don't think we make those decisions now, and I don't think it's irresponsible for us not to make those decisions now. Let's see where the path of the storm goes and respond accordingly. Got it. Got it. Um, You see here about uh, universities, even shutting down. Uh, I was speaking to a friend last night. He said that uh, one of his his colleagues' uh, sons goes to Vanderbilt. I want to say it was Vanderbilt. And the campus and the administration told them that if you leave for spring break, you can't come back. Wow. (laughs) You can't (laughs) come back. (laughs) I want to say it's Vanderbilt. I could could be mistaken. And... uh, you know, if you're staying around, then you'll you can stay, but if you leave, you can't come back until we tell you to come back. So, I mean, pretty drastic. Oh, it is drastic, and all our campuses here in town are talking about what to do. Uh, they've recommended people um, stay here, ideally, and not go home. Uh, Southeastern U- University does a lot of missions trips, so they do. Um, you know, a lot of like overseas 60 work. of them, right? So right. it's overseas. They haven't canceled those yet. Mm. Um, whereas we've had a church that I talked to yesterday who canceled two of their missions trips, which I think probably is wise at that level. And they were asking, so how long do we meet until we don't meet as a church? And I said, well, same answer. 
that we just discussed. Right. And, but if you're really concerned about that, gear up your podcasting, gear up your ability to do live uh, um, uh, broadcasting of your services. Because even if we don't have the need not to meet, there's probably some more germophobic people, right. early germophobic people that would prefer to be able to watch something online and stay home. Sure. So I think we move into that. We overhand sanitizer, yeah. populate all of our spaces, right. you know, because we're not doing that for us or feeling like it's maybe a hundred percent necessary, but we're doing it for the people who lean more heavily into those concerns. Got it. People can turn the water heaters up a little hotter, you know, so that it kills germs and wash your hands a little longer. That's all part of this and, right. and not touching your face and eyes that's and, and coughing appropriately. And if you have a cough, uh, wear a mask, you know, yeah. so that you're not blown all Cover over. It up. Us, right? Yeah. Yeah. And not, and don't go to public things if you've got any flu at all. Who is, who would be the, uh, the go-to person or authority in the city of Lakeland so far as, you know, that you would consult with. It's Dan Haight, Dr. Haight at uh, Lakeland Regional Health. And he does, he's been actually, he's the regional Tampa Bay regional pandemic man anyway. Okay. You know, so, so he would, he would be the one to say, Hey, we need to right. do something right, right now. Right. Right. And okay. so everybody's plugged in. We're wired to go, uh, but we're going to continue to, uh, um, adjust we have some at rp funding center we've had some early cancellations of events mm -hmm. that are near term uh, we're working with how we handle that in a fair way to rp funding center for a cancellation fee to hold sure and yet it give them the ability to maybe move to another slot somewhere else and credit that um uh, then yes uh, for them but it's going to be tough and it'll be an income hit obviously for us yeah. as a city it's going to be an income hit for the airlines and all the hotel industry mm -hmm. uh, we're going to watch people move into staycations right i i mean i i, I know of friends that canceled their trips mm -hmm. spring break yeah we're not going mm -hmm. <laughs> we're not put we're not getting mm -hmm. on an airplane we will maybe take a drive mm -hmm. yes somewhere um but that's about it okay well to to put the issue aside for now. Good. The mayor's on top of it. <laughs> so far as, as if something's coming, he, he's going to know and uh, and uh, the city will take action. Correct. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Uh, you have a very colorful family. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> okay. You, you have 12 kids, my right. man. Yes. Not six, not seven, not eight. No, 12 children mm -hmm. that you and your wife, Pam, have raised. And 24 grandkids, by the way, in in two more weeks, the 24th, they'll be born. Oh, man. <laughs> and I'm sure you get this a lot. Like, how do you do it? How do you do it? Like, <clears throat> I, you know, what, 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 what is, what's in your, what's in your, uh, in your mind to... <laughs> To even constitute having well, that large of a family, so you would think that that was a plan, <laughs> and it never—it wasn't. Uh, I mean, when we got married, Pam's and our idea of a big family would have been four kids. Yeah, we just went on, and so, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and that was at my encouragement, and um, and we have no regrets in that. In fact, it's one of the best decisions we made as a couple. I would have thought anybody having a family that size was insane if you had talked to me earlier. Yeah. So I think you, it's like a lot of things in life. You learn to manage um, with overviews and scope 
and an attitude of it'll work. And if you lean into the fact, we'll find a way to make that happen. Okay, you need to do that. All right, we'll figure that out. And I, as a couple, <clears throat> rather rather than to think about, um, we just can't do this anymore. We're exhausted and tired. We were predisposed to, let's make it happen. Right. Pam's high energy. I'm high energy, and I think that makes a difference. I, neither one of us would have pushed the other to have more kids if we didn't feel like we could go on and do that and yeah. it got harder as you went not easier as sure you of course you know, because yeah. because it happens but there's some other really great aspects that come out of discipline and life from it the older kids have to assume more responsibility earlier in their lives yeah we you know would section the house and people had responsibilities that they had to take care of we pam was great with work charts we had kids run errands once they had their driver's license and, and pick up the load everybody did their own laundry from eight years old on so that we didn't do the pieces of life that's your job to do you have dirty clothes to wear to school that's your problem right you know we don't fix that for you mm. and so um when you kind of establish some of those things what you get are our children that are parents are not at all overwhelmed by being parents because to some degree they they were already sharing a parental load in terms of workflow that large families used to do on farms and stuff. You know, That's we, right. We, we just don't do that like that right, today. Right. And you almost feel like it's um, unnatural or unfair when it certainly isn't. And, yeah. Um, sorry. No problem. Yeah. And, and so from the standpoint of... Uh, shared responsibility that was one thing that's a great benefit i think the other thing is delayed gratification becomes part of life mm. you don't get everything you want when you want to do it and that's true for parents and that's true for the kids and, yeah and so right to have free time or my time diminishes to almost nothing and an opportunity to seize a moment that's a surprise moment that you get to do a little something on your own you take advantage of and it's Got a treat it. your expectations change and you and they're changed towards selflessness and inclusion and um uh, un more unconditional love than they might have been otherwise yeah. and, and you, they have to be yeah god you're running a a, a sports team <laughs> <laughs> you got tw you got 12, 12, uh, 12 players along with a coach and a GM. <laughs> well, and not, and not only that, even as adults, you know that that doesn't wane. And so the phone calls. It's not that I hear from all the kids every week, but there's someone you're working with some kind of an issue with or a life question. Yeah, uh, pretty much every day, and it's really a wonderful blessing. Our kids love to be together. So we have them, we do a, two events a year that allow everybody who wants to come to come. And so that, that allows them to do a vacation together and also do a holiday celebration together. Okay, yeah, all right. And, and um, if, you can, if you need to do your other family, the, you know, then that's fine, you do that. We take who can come. And, okay, so your oldest is how old? Uh, so we're, four, we're 42 years married, she's 41. Um, it's interesting. Pam was supposed to have a lot of difficulty getting pregnant and got pregnant on her honeymoon. <laughs> so, so that actually started the whole problem. And 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 she was. It was one thing for her to get married. She was not. She she th she's a free spirit. So she right. really thought she'd be in her mid thirties before she'd ever think about getting married. And this is at twenty three. And then it was four months of being pregnant before she liked it. Before oh. she said. 
okay, okay. I'm, I'll do this, right, you know, and right. I'll do it with the right attitude. It took her a long time. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So she got wrenched early on two arenas. <laughs> <laughs> And, and uh, she re- recovered really well. Okay. <laughs> and then right. loved to be in a mom. See? Yeah. And, and that was and a surprise to her. So, so your oldest is, uh, is? 41. 41. And then we go to 20. Okay. Uh, 21 will actually be next week. Okay. All right. Then so, ev- ev- everyone's le- of legal age in that. Right. 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 <laughs> and that's Emma. Emma lives with us still, and she's Downs. Okay. And, um, uh, and she's a treat because... Yeah. Uh, it's living with liar liar she tells you exactly what exactly she thinks every day what she's thinking oh that's <laughs> wonderful uh, the uh on top of having uh an exorbitantly large family a loving wonderful family you're you're the mayor of the city that's a a lot of work it, it's a ton of work um and it should be uh the that role has changed a great deal over the years because we you know, the city's grown a lot, and today you really must um, spend a lot of time on the future and and focusing on visioning as well as you have to be re- responsive quickly to things that are issues that mm. people are living with. And, um, and, you, and in visioning, you are running ahead of curves that people um, want to think about sometimes, and it's part of the responsibility that you have because so many times you impact something that people didn't want. And then after it's in place, they go, Oh, this is awesome. Right. <laughs> you know? yeah. And so it's very, very important to rely on, uh, successes in other cities, which we spend a lot of time working, studying, knowing, discussing. Yes. And as well as thinking about what are we like and what are we not like with respect to other cities, we want to maintain our own originality, originality, and also, uh, celebrate our, one of the differences. And I think a big, big, a huge difference in Lakeland, a huge asset is that we love people. Mm. And this is a city that you say, well, lots of cities love people. This is very, very unique. We have people that are extremely supportive in every sector of our uh, city in terms of where we live and even in the economic sectors. We have an intentionality to provide for and protect people. Mm. And we that's that's one of our greatest gifts and it's one of our most important responsibilities as human beings yeah so i think that has been somewhat spawned by the philanthropic efforts that many people have uh set examples for in lakeland we're disproportionately the largest per capita givers in the state of florida really yes and some of that is extremely large givers at the very very top right but it's true throughout the city. I, I get to see the generosity in many arenas, and people are quietly generous yeah. and changing lives and helping people uh, consistently. Yeah. So see, Lakeland is, is extremely fortunate to have uh, uh, generous people that have abysmal pockets. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, it's, uh, yes. yeah it's, it's quite apparent. Um, given that you have... Uh, all this work and this giant family, you, you, there is a uh, little time for yourself. Mm-hmm. What is it that you do for, <clears throat> for you? Right. Because we can talk here and we do the surface conversation about, about the city and, and all that stuff. Right, but right. We, you know, people are more interested in it about who you are and, and what you occupy your time when it's just for you. So I, I, I'll tell you it's how I start my day because I find that is where I'm, if I'm going to capture moments that I'm going to invest in who I am, it's got to happen early. So we get up at between 4.30 and 5. That's our normal stride. Um, it has 
been in our marriage it required it in order to be able to make it work and i'm a farm boy by uh, as i grew up so we i fed horses and did all the farm work before school and i had a school bus that left at six ten. so mm. i I'm used to getting up early. Uh, so I have devotion time when I get up. And that's what—that's the first thing, how I ground my day. And um, uh, I did this with the kids. I used to have a, um, uh, a newspaper and a Bible, and that's what I would do for devotions. And then what, what would happen is I would read them some current things out of the paper and read uh, a devotion that, of that day and try and relate those two things together. It's sure. amazing how often that can happen. And then have the kids pick two obituaries. Okay. And we'd read the two obituary columns that they chose and look for aspects of their life that you'd want to replicate in your own life. Just so Whoa. that if you think about your life being reduced to a column, what, do you, what would you want to have in it? And have them recognize that there's some people who invested their time more wisely or, or, or diff, certainly differently, yeah. but maybe more intentionally is the right word than others. And um, so in the process of that, they start to think about if I'm 85 years old and I'm sitting in a rocking chair someday and I'm reflecting on my life and I'm going, what do I wish I'd done differently in that moment that you, when you're in that moment that you do what you wish you would think about 85 when you're 85 right. so that you start to reflex um, opportunities and responsibilities uh, while you're in the moments and that life's intentionality is built up of experiences, serial experiences along the way that start to build a portfolio of who you are and you start to reflect in terms of your capacities and the, and the way you may be different from some of your friends and find where your passions are and all that and move into that part of your life story. So hmm. my mayor's role is one of those things. I never had any aspirations politically and I was very involved in supporting people politically and I was involved in volunteering in the city but not to ever run for office or anything. Uh, yeah. in fact there probably would have been a little negative attitude in my mind about mm. that mm -hmm. and yet i realized that i've probably never done anything where i felt more gifted in terms of my earlier serial, serial experiences recall and use than what i'm doing today mm. and so it is where you really fall into what you feel like is a calling in terms of the direction of your life and then it's a matter of showing up daily for you in your giftedness got it Okay, and so and wonderful. so I think as the, as we get older, that's a crescendo mm. of opportunity. It's not a, a diminuendo, you know. It's no. not no. moving towards retirement. It's in, and that's why masters make a difference. That's why uh, patriarchs uh, uh, set examples. Mm. It takes increasing life experience, and right. I've certainly had them in mind. The uh, the whole idea of sharing and obituaries, I've never thought of that. That's brilliant. It's been wonderful for the kids. Where did you get that? Uh, it happened. It I, just happened. It happened out of doing the paper with, I, I don't remember which one. It was early on um, because they would wonder what these columns were. Right. And so then we, for fun, we would read one or two of them once in a while. Because sure. in most cases, you don't know the people. Then I said, well, you pick the one to read. And then we started thinking, we ought to do that. And mm. I mean, this is part of, it teaches about life. Yeah. And not that our lives are reduced to a column, but there are certainly inflection points that make a huge difference in what we did and what we accomplished that we want to make sure are as drastic as necessary Got and it. it takes discipline to do the things that are drastic as necessary okay so so that that is your morning 
mm-hmm. to, to start off. Right. Okay. Any other moments in your day or on the weekend <laughs> that you have solely for yourself? If I do, I'm going to do a um, project at home. Oh, yeah? My, my fun is... Um, tinkering on things and improving putting a little gadget in here a little gadget there fixing something that's broken right you know i love to drive things from apps uh so uh you know i'm i'm a geek and i was I, you know i was an eighth grade film projectionist in in junior high so that's okay. what you know all right that, that guy that read, yeah. that read when we used to have reels of film so uh-huh. i've always been geeky that way and and as a farm person you're mechanical and you fix things that break so you don't have to go in town and and buy new stuff all the time. Right. So I love I love to do that. That's probably the thing I enjoy doing most: photography or um, pruning. Pruning, as in like yard work and landscaping, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Just okay. cleaning up. So I I see the crooked picture on the wall. I see the branch that sticks out above the bush. Right. You know. You I, my, my, it. Yeah. yeah. My truck has all that stuff in the back. <laughs> I I'll, I'll go to to the Y or something. You know, and there's a branch that's too low on yeah. on a parking lot, and I cut that branch off, take it over to the pile. And got it. Got it. That's just what I do. Um, the I'm sure you get uh, pulled many different directions. Uh, and, and of course, you know, you have gatekeepers, uh, to you, right? Uh, it's Terry. Right. Right. One, she has, one, she right? does a great job. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I'm sure you field a lot or she fields a lot of requests. How do you guys shift through, sift through all of that? Well, it, it becomes really important that she has a strong sense of what matters most. Mm. And so, um, citizens' complaints are very, very high on my priority list. If, they get, if they're going to get to me, then I certainly want to get them addressed quickly. The rest of the scheduling, I cannot, literally, I cannot do anymore. She mm-hmm. has so many things floating in terms of pending holds for th- that if, if I get involved, all I do is mess it up. Right. And so it, I, there's a part of me that never wanted to be in that place because I love the ability to say to someone, let's just do coffee tomorrow morning. Right. You know, I, I can't do that anymore. And so the calendar drives your ability to accomplish a lot of things in life or not. Mm. And 15 minute meetings can happen yeah. and 30 minute meetings can happen. And so it's important to define those things going and she's very good about that. Right. And so, and she, and we're good about breaking when we need to break. And I try to do as many of those things at my office as possible so that I'm maximizing the amount of time I can be with people, minimizing the amount of time of travel. Yeah. I like the time to travel. I like the time to go to other people's places. That's what I would do in a normal personal preference. Sure. Because I love to see their, their life arenas. Sure. And that um, transit time gives you some breathing room. Somebody in the room to think. Yeah. yeah. But on the other hand, um, uh, you, so the balance there is how much can you pack and how much uh, do you need some space? She's good at watching me and um, canceling meetings. Right. So she'll say, you're done. You, you know, and, <laughs> and so it doesn't happen very often, but she'll do it. And, right. and she's right. Yeah. And so there's a real... Um, a symbiotic relationship in that mm-hmm. and, and it's very very important it becomes very vital uh 
she had to learn to pack my calendar tighter than she would have liked to have had it packed because that's how we've lived. I've lived, we've lived this way for decades. Yeah, yeah. you know, and doing this with both. We're well, used to a very right. busy life. Right, right, right. To begin with, and yeah. I don't have to have a lot of alone time. Pam, my wife, needs alone time, mm. and so she's got to have some place for spaces. I really don't. I thrive. I get energy from people. Right. So it's very rare that I go. Oh, I just have to be you know, sit on a dock and and sit here and think, um, I can enjoy doing it. And it's just not, it's not an internal need for me. Got it. And I'm not masking, um, uh, hurt with busyness. It's that's where I'm effectual. Got it. Okay. How much sleep do you get? I'm a five and a half to six and a half hours. Really? Yeah. Okay. You sleep well? Like 93%. I, I like, it's awful. Pam will ask me a question when I put my head down and I, most times don't get through the answer in a sentence. <laughs> okay. I'm right, seconds. That's good. That's I'm good. seconds to sleep. Okay. All right. Because uh, I mean, that's, that's a thing with, with uh, busy individuals that sleep is a commodity. That's absolutely cherished. And, and if you're one of the lucky ones to be able to sleep well, regardless of what's going on in your life and you got a lot going on in your life, you mm-hmm. got a lot of requests, you mm-hmm. got a lot of, a lot of issues in the inbox, if mm-hmm. you will. Sure. Some people just can't sleep. And that's so. That's not an issue for me at all. I, the sun comes up in the morning. We're going to work on that when we get up. Yeah. And you know, you can only. I. I leave. I. I think it's about life balance. I don't know that I ever leave an arena feeling like, oh, this is as complete as I wish it were for this day in my work mm-hmm. at home. You know, in a conversation that I need to have with someone on a matter that's important. So you have to triage lots to do mm. the most important aspects of each of those arenas while you're in them. And, right. you, and you just don't always have the benefit of having all the time you wish you had. Or, and, and so some of that's how I'm wired. Mm. So I'm, and I'm wired, if you do Enneagrams, I'm a two, twos are helpers. And okay. so twos move into fixing. If you're a five on an Enneagram, you're an analyzer, an analyst. You have mm. to gather lots of facts. You have to make sure that you're pulling detail in. That takes a tremendous amount of time. Those people tend to have to have a lot of alone time. They need contemplative time. Right. It's just a difference in the way you're wired. I'm more wired for action. They're more wired for analysis. So that's going to be a weak spot of mine. I'm mm. going to have to push myself on the analysis side to gather in more facts, to be slower on quick decisions because it doesn't take me a long time to make decisions. I love to have a disparate voice around me. I like to have somebody who's a little bit of a rock in your shoe okay. who's okay. asking questions because right. I want to hear those questions. Sure. And those are flaps for me. Right. And so I think part of how you balance all that is make sure you surround yourself with enough of those people to help you slow down. If is, you're a quick is, decision is Pam? Um, that, what are those Pam, is, yeah. Pam is a marvelous influencer in my life. In she's fact, got more energy than any person I know. <laughs> she's good, good night. She's a wow. ton of energy. Yeah. And yeah. she works so hard. We were up in Atlanta working on our daughter's um, new home that she moved to. She's unmarried, 32 in Atlanta. And so this is her first house purchase and she wasn't feeling settled in. So we took two weekends to go up and just help her out, help set up things, move furniture yeah. and all that kind of thing. She called last night, in fact, and said this, I, this week I've, gone to bed and I just feel so rested in my own house. Thanks so much, which is a wonderful piece. But I watch Pam work as a 66 year old woman who Mm. has done a lot of work for a lot of years. I mean, you know, she was changed diapers for 30 years. Right. And and so, um, that's a long time. Well, (laughs) you, you, uh, in in the city you work, uh, you know, primarily with adults, right? Right. Right. Professionals, entrepreneurs and of the like. 
and uh, but you get to see kids all the time in the community. Correct. And I love kids. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I'm I'm on the, on that end where I mean, I'm surrounded by kids twenty four seven. Right. Right. And I, when I look at kids, uh, I see the future. Yes, you I do. See potential. Right. And uh, to be able to know that one day they're going to be filling your shoes or filling the shoes of many people sure. to, 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 to have a productive and happy community is um, not only inspiring, but, uh, well, motivating. Oh, it's highly yeah. motivating. And yeah. what you're doing is critically important because the, in many venues in life, the people who ought to be investing the most in those kids in terms of their future expectations, which is typically the parental role or teachers aren't. And kids are growing up without hope, without dreams, without believing in themselves and their ability to accomplish things. So uh, you've, you cast that vision into them and that's critically important that they early on think about, I'm going to be a difference maker with my life. Yeah. What do you want? What do you want to see in Lakeland? Personally, from what do you want to see happen? Uh, because a lot of great things are happening. A lot, sure. of, a lot of tremendous growth is occurring here in Lakeland. But you know, is that growth in the right direction? Is are we missing some key components that that Lakeland could, in your opinion, of course, could use to to further? Uh, develop the community it's important not to align yourself to just one place but if i were going to say most closely what city do i think of that were most closely aligned it would be greenville south carolina Hmm. and if you went to greenville about 20 years ago which i did and you saw what it was like particularly in the downtown area uh, versus what it's like today it's a vibrant difference um so I think when we think about our city, and I'm talking now a little bit on the logistics side, uh, but we start, and, and we're going to assume that we're building um, jobs around the city in healthy ways in multiple sectors so we don't become sector dependent. So we're not just distribution dependent. We're working on manufacturing as a lar- an increasing part. Manufacturing jobs are very, very important, and I wanna continu- we want to continue to draw them here. Um, you want to start with building your downtown into as vibrant an an environment as it can be because the downtown is everybody's living room. Mm. It is where you extend um, your play, where it's your third space in that arena. It's your restaurants. It is people walking around lakes and you're just feeling the vibe of the city. That's where that gets done. So we have to have plenty of open space down there, but we need density of people. So I'd like to see a lot of cranes downtown in the next decade and we need some high-rise condos um you if you drive through tampa today you know you get crane jealousy if you're in in my (laughs) mode because you know they have so many and they're doing some hugely dense things and went and and with reasons that they can and with a lot of money that exists right that uh we're not trying to mimic that but it's a piece of the kinds of things we need to do it'd be great to have 8500 people or so downtown a nice downtown grocery area sure. that is there. That's a Publix, uh, you know, as we would go forward, or even maybe an, uh, an additional Greenwise mm-hmm. um, that would um, enhance our space, and and so some different layers of incomes that could afford some of those spaces, uh, building more apartments within the inner city. So we bring people into the city. The, the summit building that we're building, which is going to yes. have 500 um, employees in it, is a piece of that. They, they drop out at lunch, 
400 of them probably or so that's right onto the streets they need somewhere to go eat to go and they like to like to walk and they're going to work around uh the areas they go and so we want to see that kind of vibrancy happen with more uh, office buildings to the west which we can work in that area and that's part of our catalyst plan i'd like to see a sports expansion in in um uh, some fashion in downtown near the rp funding center uh, some more multi-use space along on the north side of that. And we have that as part of the Catalyst Plan, which um, Nicole Travis in the Community Devel- and Economic yeah. Development Shout Department Shout out to Nicole. Because yeah. Nicole's fabulous. She's wonderful. And, and, yeah. and leads a great team. She has great people on her team, which help to make all that possible. Uh, uh, Teresa Mayo, who understands our city's codes, wonderfully well and right. is appropriately protective and um as well as elise drumgo who runs the cra and okay. is creating all kinds of opportunities so we have to look for opportunities across sectors we greenville did a very poor job and this is something that you can we can learn from of affordable housing mm. along the way and affordable housing equals workforce housing right i mean it it is um life is expensive and hard we are going to stay on the front end of providing affordable housing. It's every city's problem. I don't care. Mm. We have to solve our problem. Got it. Okay. So I, I don't want to know what the limitations are and what the hurdles are that keep it from happening and why the state and, and federal numbers aren't there. How do we figure out how to make it happen mm. here? Mm. Because if we're growing a city and growing jobs and bringing more manufacturing, we want to do this in a way that also provides wonderful housing for people at the levels they want to have it. And there's right. availability. A millennial shift took a lot of our apartments mm. that used to be lower priced yeah. and are now full. And so the prices are higher or they're higher because yeah. they don't want to own property. Right. And so that, okay, that's where we are. We have to figure out how do we create housing for the people who still need to have those apartments or that early start on a home and what kind of forgiveness of, um, uh, uh, incentives can we provide over 10 years if you stay in that home and you get an early start but a mom who's working two or three jobs and i know lots of them and have kids that they're raising it's just i mean that where they can live is barely survivable plus right. do anything else extra for the kids yeah. so we have to fix that piece of the problem and uh so i think you look you're looking for a city that cares about and tries to honor to the extent possible financially and infrastructure wise everyone in the city and so if we work on honoring everybody caring about everyone in Mm -hmm. all those sectors we'll make good decisions in the process wonderful the uh dixieland uh this is something i wanted to get your get your uh two cents on that road diet road diet dixieland uh if that's coming up too early no, we're no. too late. We should have already started. So, really? Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, All right. So um, I've really grown confident about the success of that project, okay. and, and I leaned in slowly on it, uh, other than I've been one of those people on the sidewalk that was almost hit by a truck mirror. It's dangerous. Oh, it's... It's dangerous, yes. I, I cleared my head by maybe a half of an inch. Oh. You know, it's an extended mirror on a truck that is hanging over the sidewalk as it's going by, yeah. and, and you just didn't... You know, I, I had my back to it. So anyway, which I wouldn't put my back to anything on Dixieland today. Uh-huh. First of all, we need to revive the safety of those sidewalks mm-hmm. and to make that area become a much more viable area for other businesses, which they'll continue to grow and thrive in mm-hmm. once that happens. It's unsafe 
we're very fortunate no one has been killed. Uh, there are cars that get on the sidewalk every week. Um, we have um, uh, 274 accidents in the last year in the Dixieland Corridor mm. of hits of vehicles. They pull down, they go around the corners, and you don't tend to see them because right. everybody keeps moving. It's the place where you drive that the minute you're in that corridor, you're fighting over where I am in my lane and right. what I'm next to. Therefore, if you watch um, for the main... Uh, throughout the day, cars are staggered. There's one in front of the other. They yes. aren't running side by side. No, because it's too tight. It's too tight anyway. So yeah. what we're going to do is move into um, where that's just the way they go through. Is Got it. it. Not hitting each other and following each other and with room to do it. Here's the thing that sealed the deal for me. I'm at a traffic conference where there's a guru in the industry who's out of New York. Mm-hmm. And um, I went after after I listened to him a little bit. I went up and talked to him because I had just been to Carmel, Indiana, which has more roundabouts than any other uh, city in the world. Mm-hmm. And I went up and I said, you know, I was just in Carmel and they had 132 roundabouts, and he goes 128. What? And I said, <laughs> that's what <laughs> I was exact. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> and I go, oh, okay. Well, I thought it was 132. He goes, no, it's 128. Yeah. I'm certain. I was just up there recently. But he said it's the best example of roundabouts anywhere right. in the world because I think roundabouts increasingly can solve a lot of our pra- our problems on right. future traffic needs. Uh, he said, where are you from? I said, um, Lakeland, Florida. He goes. Dixieland Road Diet. Why have you not done that yet? Oh, geez, he knew right away. He so here's a guy who says, in the state of Florida, there is no greater road change need than Dixieland Road Diet. He goes, wow. you. He said it will cost you. He said I've looked at it closely. It'll cost you a minute and a half to two minutes more travel time on the norm at the most, huh. and it will absolutely increase safety for pedestrians and for. Um, and, and reduce accidents. It's ridiculous not to do. And and so I had I was a little predisposed towards Dixieland until I until this rolled out of his sure. mouth. This conversation, right. I thought, okay, I'm in. I'm really in. Yeah, yeah. He says no. He said it's it's like Edgewater in Orlando. He said this is the this is a very recapturing uh, opportunity for you as a city to make that space work well, to make it safer for people. And he said, people will shift. The first 90 days, he said, or so, you may get a lot of complaints. But people will start to shift, and they'll find different routes that they take downtown. And that's Mm. what you want to have happen. Right, right. Okay, okay. You know, the the comments thread. I'm sure you try your best not to look at uh, too many of them. But, but you know, you you have, you have a lot of naysayers. You have well, sure. you have people that are really negative in, in the in regard of, of of doing that. Uh, one being is that hey, there aren't enough businesses there in Dixieland yet to constitute a road diet, and you know the the demographics of the area w- don't fit the glove, if you will. Right. Do that. What do you say that it'll what restore? That? It's running in front of its vision, so it's always running in a little bit in front of what people see and what can occur and creating the opportunities for it to happen. Sure. And so we'll see it happen. We'll, we'll right. see a vital revitalization of Dixieland. And there already is in some regard in the area that, um, uh, certainly, um, uh, balanced culture is in and, and, um, and well, they're, well, they're not know. there anymore though. They're, they're moving. They're, they're, move. right. they're, <laughs> they're, move move. they're moving to downtown yeah. because their profile is to pick up more people at lunch. That's right. So it makes good sense for them to grow, yeah. towards density yep. born and bred and over there born and bred and all that so we're gonna yeah. we, we, we will see it happen it's the 
biggest value is what is safety worth true and the florida department of transportation is paying this bill that's hardly precedented anywhere anytime this is a million dollars to do the squeeze Mm. just to do the work that is really in some regards temporary that we'll fill in after we like it uh, with probably three hundred thousand dollars worth of permanent making it more permanent later okay so Uh, when you say temporary uh are you saying that that hey we're going to give this a shot correct and if it doesn't what are the metrics to say that whether it works or it doesn't work two years and we will um but it's pullable you can take everything out right okay all right well, hey, I mean, I don't know of one person that's not rooting for this to work right, anyway. Right. Whether they like it or not, right. everybody wants it to work. So, you know, let's let's uh, let's divert our energy into you know positive thoughts to, 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 that this thing is is going to do its job. And we yeah. might do uh, an exception on High Britain. Uh, we're talking about that a little bit, and maybe not make that a street that um, you know we close it off at the top, mm. so that it's not a through street, so it doesn't become a late decision turn street yeah you know as you go along but of course then you say well like we can just keep clicking that backwards going south and that you know we can't do that right but that is a street that is an arrow because of the fact that it's narrower so we're going to have some more discussion on that got it got it um i'm going to ask you the same question that i ask all my guests uh and uh, you can answer it in any direction that you want sure what do you want what does um, Bill, Bill Mutz want? Yeah. Not, not Mayor Mutz. What does sure, Bill Mutz sure. want? Sure, I love life change. So what I my what fires my rockets daily is how can I come home at night, having invested in other people's lives in a way that can enhance that enhance it at some level. So that might be talking to someone about their marriage. It might be talking to someone about their business. It might be talking to someone about an opportunity educationally. Uh, but my goal is. Um, to be you know we we used to say this when we raised horses to be ridden hard and put away wet meaning Mm. you know get a lot be a velveteen rabbit have your button eyes knocked out and be used well and go down having um given about all you can give while being while staying in balance in life you know while staying healthy and while and having fun i love to have fun i love Mm. uh vacation times to me those are um celebrations but not rights. And Mm. so if you can have an opportunity to have some time to do something together like that, I am a total unplug uh, in those moments. But I just want to be, I expect to be used and I don't, and I want to be a difference maker in the course of a day. And so um, to the extent I can do that in any arena of where I'm touching people's lives, that's, that's what fires me up. Okay. Well put. Thanks for coming on. I want to respect your time. Uh, I know you're very busy, uh, but I want to thank you for, for coming on the We're show. We're on our way to do groundbreaking at Bonnet Springs Park. So Is I'm that today? To, that's today. Oh, awesome. All right, wonderful. Uh, how do people reach out to you? Um, uh, the easiest way to reach to me is probably at my uh, city email, which is bill.mutz at lakelandgov.net. And the phone number uh, to talk to Tracy, which is how we get Tracy Terry to get the appointment, is um, uh, if if you need one is uh, 863-834-6005. Wonderful. Thank you again for coming on. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The J.J. Show. Brought to you by Karate Beyond. Discipline. Focus. Confidence. KarateBeyond.com.
martial arts classes for men, women, and children, after-school pickup, evening classes, and summer camp, visit KarateBeyond.com.